Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for this podcast is provided by Subtruck Law. Revolution Recap thanks Subtruck Law for their support of our show, local independent media, and their mission of bringing unbiased truth. Revolution Recap would also like to thank Six Point Builders for their support. Six Point Builders are builders of fine custom homes in the Boston metropolitan area. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Revolution Recap. We have a special bonus episode for you today. Sam Minton of the Blazing Musket talked to George Metellus coming off of his call last week in the Revolution Independiente game. Uh, Sam talked to George uh, to talk about his career, his background, and talking about his wonderful call uh, in the Revolution game last week. Before we hop over to that interview, we want to tell about tell you about our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all of your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year with up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends. You can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all of the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. So head to Bet Online today and be part of the team. And remember to use our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. The game starts here. We also want to remind you that the Rebellion will be having a breakfast-themed tailgate ahead of the MLS uh, home opener on Sunday afternoon. Uh, so make sure, make sure you check that out at Lot 3B uh, with the Rebellion. With all that being said, here is Sam and George. What is going on, everybody? It is Sam Minton from The Blazing Musket, and I am so lucky to have a very special guest with me. I have George Metellus, basically the best announcer, at least to Revolution fans, that you have ever heard. (laughs) George, how are you doing today? I am doing well. Thank you very much for having me, Sam. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's this is unbelievable. Last couple of days have been unbelievable, but uh, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, I let's let's see what happens in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, what happens in the future? I think if Revolution fans had that way, you would call every single game. But I kind of want to get to uh, you know, kind of your career and kind of love of soccer. So kind of just going back, can you just kind of talk about you know growing up, just kind of when you first kind of fell in love or you know piqued your interest in soccer? Uh, well, I gotta bl- I have to. I was gonna say I was gonna blame my parents, but it's not something to blame. <laughs> Uh, it's, well, my parents got me into it. My mom and dad are born and raised in Haiti. Me and my family, me and my brother and my sister, we are first generation born in the United States. So the first sport that we followed and loved was soccer. And, and, uh, we learned the other sports growing up in America, obviously. But, um, so that's where it started. Me and my brother, we didn't play any other sport organized except soccer. I mean, we weren't very good, but you know, we, we played, you know, we call it optimist soccer down here. And, and that's how it started there for my parents. I mean, the first athlete that my parents ever talked about was Pelé. You know, they, we're, we're big Brazil fans. Most Haitians are Brazil fans. So Pelé was like the number one. Oh, I, my mom. Oh, my, I saw Pelé do this. My dad, I saw Pelé do that and everything. And I'm like, really? But you don't question your parents. Whatever. They, they saw him. Okay, cool. They didn't see it live. They probably saw it on TV or heard someone say they saw it. But Whatever. But um, that's how it started from there. And then growing up in South Florida with a huge immigrant population that's from soccer-loving nations, 
it just grew from there playing optimist ball and then i got a chance to, i just got a chance after college after i graduated from university of miami to uh to do it as a, a broadcaster because uh, I, I was never going to be good enough to play so uh, i knew broadcasting i can talk i can't run but i can talk so that was the future there but it all started with my parents and the fact that that haitians that's our number one sport is soccer yeah, I mean, personally, as someone who is married to a Brazilian, I, I love to hear that uh, love for Brazil. But also, too, you know, you kind of mentioned it, just kind of, you know, being able to get into the broadcasting field. Can you just kind of talk to us about, you know, what you've been able to do in your career? You know, I, I listened to your voice on the broadcast. I'm like, this voice sounds familiar. And, you know, I, I used to watch a ton of Ligon soccer. So that's where I remember from the BN days. But can you just kind of talk about, you know, your career and then obviously how you ended up uh, covering uh, CONCACAF Champions League? Yeah our Champions Cup, excuse me, as well as your other stops? Uh, well, I got, I finished, when I graduated college in 2004 uh, from the University of Miami, it's all about the U305 till I die. It's, I got to hey, hey. say that. I'm a hurricane, you know, I'm a hurricane. So I got I to gotta show love to my school. We are cocky, arrogant SOBs, graduates <laughs> of the University of Miami, but it's a beautiful thing. But um, when I actually did an internship at Gold TV while I was at UM, and it didn't lead to a job. So I had to work, you know, I had to get a job. I was a bartender for a while, bank teller. I was working front desk at a, a hotel for a while. And uh, I had to, during that time, I did a little podcast with another colleague of mine, Juan Arango, who's an accomplished a soccer broadcaster. And uh, I wrote a little bit for like the early stages of some early websites in, in the early 2000s, but nothing, you know, nothing that paid. So I had to work. And I was just going along. And in 2010, after the South Africa World Cup, uh, my colleague Juan Arango was at Gold TV. Gold TV was based here in, in South Florida, Miami. And he says, George, man, you want to work at Gold TV? I was like, yeah. They remembered me from my internship. And so I went in there, did an audition, and I started out on the weekend, but not even on the air broadcasting. I was doing closed captioning, doing some translation, just more production stuff behind the scenes. And then 2011 came around and somebody left and they're like, George, do you want to do this full time? And I was like, yeah, this is better than working at the front desk of a hotel where people are screaming at you for shit you didn't do. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like my bed wasn't made. Why wasn't it made? I don't know, lady. I just got here. I don't do beds. I just work the front desk, you know? Yeah. So that, that was stress. But um, it, it, this this job is a lot less stressful for sure. So I, that's how it got started. And then from Gold TV uh you know you get on the air you start hosting shows hosting games and you just develop your craft you listen to yourself you try to get better and at the same time you try to find your voice you try to find how your personality can come out in the in in your commentary or in or in my case a lot of studio hosting and then it just grows from there so uh, that's basically got started i'm very lucky because i was in the right place at the right time down here in south florida when gold tv and being sports were establishing their uh, broadcasting base here, their operations here. And I just knew the the right people at the right time. And uh, now I'm going on, what is it, 2024? We're going on a 12, 13-year career. So I'm pretty lucky. Um, and then CONCACAF is just, I knew people. It's a it's a freelance gig. So it's, I just, I knew people from uh, other, other uh, leagues and other jobs that I had before. And they're like, George, you want to do CONCACAF? I was like, sure, yeah, I'll do it. And um so that's really how it's, it, it got started or how it how it developed. Just me being right place at the right time, being friendly enough with people who are willing to find help me get a job. Yeah. And then just, 
you, you kind of mentioned it, just kind of working on your craft and stuff. I'd, I'd love to just kind of, you know, get a look into like your prep process for a game. Just mm. what does that look like for you? Well, it's a lot of researching. I have a, a, a bookmark or a couple of bookmarks of that I've, I've categorized. So I have a bookmark of, of various websites for uh, Liga, for Spain, for Bundesliga, for Uruguayan League, uh, for different leagues. And then I go to those websites and research and find information. Um, there's a lot of, of colored markers, you know. <laughs> You got most people who do talk football broadcasting, they 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 kind of do they have a, a paper. Now, whatever kind of paper they use is is depends from person to person, but they have the paper <laughs> and they draw out the formation and the tactics. So for this game, Independiente versus the New England Revolution, right? It was Independiente was uh they were predominantly in black. So I use a black marker for their numbers. Uh the New England Revolution had the, the white with the red trim and blue, so I used the blue. Mm-hmm. and a color kind of color coordinate on my paper there and write out the names write out their position on the pitch and then a little bit of information like their age uh how long they've been with the team for example carlos hill was uh 2021 mls mvp put that on there some relevant information and then it's just a lot of research going to different websites reading uh, different things about the teams the players the coaches and uh that's basically what it is so i i myself i'm in my mind, I'm sloppy, so I have to be organized when it comes to uh, how I uh, classify things when it comes to websites and different things. Because if, if I just put stuff on bookmarks all over the place, I'm going to take forever because that's how my mind works. So I have to keep it organized. So I have one folder for the Brazilian, you know, Brasileiro, another folder for Argentina, another one for CONCACAF. And then I get information from there. And then a lot of times, for example, Panama, that Panamanian team, mm-hmm. I didn't have folder for Panamanian football because I never did you know Panamanian football before so um I, I went to I Google I went Google Panama and then I just started reading articles on the team and try to get some information and I'm lucky because I'm since I'm from Miami I can speak Spanish I learn I can read Spanish so mm-hmm. you get information that you wouldn't get if, if you were just trying to look at looking for it in English so it's really a, a, a kind of a multiple day process of visiting various websites from those different countries getting information on the teams. And then if you can, maybe watch a few minutes of a game of a previous game. I know it was hard with uh, Panama Independiente because it's Panamanian League. They don't, it, you know, it's hard. Maybe on YouTube, but, and New England Revolution had a, some preseason games. Yeah. But with other job, I couldn't really get to see how they play or watch video. But that's basically the process. It's paper, colored markers, and a bunch of websites. <laughs> that's most, uh, 99% of professional Football, soccer broadcasters, those are the three main ingredients. Bunch <laughs> of websites, colored markers, and paper. Yeah, yeah, and then just kind of, kind of too, uh, I'd love to just kind of get a look into, you know, your experience calling games solo. Obviously, I can imagine how big of a challenge it is. And then I can only assume that you weren't uh, down in Panama, but what's it like kind of calling a game off of a monitor? Well, I've, I've been doing it basically my whole career, 94. I would say 95% of the games that I've been, that you hear my voice on, it's been me, myself, solo. Very rarely do I do games with two people or with another person. And if they do, most of the time, I'm the color commentator because um, I'm going to be a little arrogant when I say this. They put me as a color commentator to to bring some life into the game because usually who does the person who does the play-by-play 
just doesn't have the imagination or the balls to say stuff like I do. But yeah. I digress. But <laughs> but I mean, I'm used to it. I'm used to it. And that's where the preparation comes in, because you have to be able to fill for those two hours. So you have to have a lot of research, know a lot about the players and uh, and then interject your personality when you can. But I don't I don't mind it. I, I, I'm used to it. It's it's fun. Uh, I as someone who likes to talk it gives me I don't have to worry about another person talking. So that's more time for me to talk. So I don't mind. You know, I'm, I'm from the Caribbean. We like to talk. So it's a beautiful thing. So, yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm just used to it. It's, it's part. It's it's normal for me. I was going to say, I, I don't think it's cocky to say after after, you, you know, uh, getting to hear, hear you talk and, uh, and you know, commentate of the Revs and Independiente, you definitely uh, bring the spice and a much needed, uh, you know, element to the game. But now I do want to get uh, to that game okay. and your call of it. So we're going to start off with Andrew Farrell or Andrew Farrell. <laughs> so I want to first off is how it came up, how it came up. There was like one point where you said Andrew Farrell, you went back to Farrell. Just walk yeah. me through the process with that. <laughs> well, I that's it's basically how I I interpreted his name when I saw the name on the on the the sheet uh, and researching. I I figured that's how you pronounce it. Now the producer from the Net Tombs definitely was in my head for sure, <laughs> for yes. sure. And I didn't think because it's it, it's Andrew. It's I thought it was Farrell. Maybe yeah. it's an accent because of, you know, living in the southern part of the United States. Maybe that has something to do with it. I wasn't thinking Will Ferrell. I was yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah. you know, Pharrell from the Neptunes, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and then, you know, Ferrell for me also is kind of like you get lost in the woods for eight months and then you start walking around on all fours with <laughs> yeah. oak moss for drawers, for underwear. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that played something in my head there. But um, I when I first saw the name, I didn't think of uh, Ferrell. I thought of Pharrell. Yeah. of the Neptunes and then I just kept going in and throughout the course of the match I probably slipped I don't think it was intentional that I, I meant to say feral I think the one thing I've learned in broadcasting and this is kind of a good uh piece of advice for broadcasters is be consistent all the way through if unless you're making a, a mistake a, an egregious mistake you have to correct it but if it's minor or you you say it one way and somebody else says it differently you know just stay consistent throughout so I, I might have slipped a little bit when I said Farrell, but um, when I first saw the name, I thought it was Pharrell, and I'm sure, like I said, Pharrell from the Net Tunes was in my head, and it just came out like that. And, and I saw the Twitter response, and nobody seemed to be too upset about it. So I'm like, okay, okay, cool. It also doesn't appear that Andrew himself was too upset about it. I don't know if you've seen it. He he, he tweeted a nice little gift of, of him with the the Pharrell gift, so I think he liked it as well too. Oh, cool! I appreciate it. that's good. That's good. As long the main thing for me is I don't want to disrespect the players because yeah. uh, the last name is is important because that's your family name. Mm -hmm. So as long as I didn't butcher it too bad, and as long as he took it well, then uh, I think I'm 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 at peace with that. Yeah, I, I think you're all good. And, and you know, you, you mentioned a mistake. I don't know if this was necessarily a mistake because personally, I had no idea about this until it was brought up on the broadcast. But Dave Romney and Mitt Romney, what was that moment like? That when, was a you, mistake. You kind of mentioned it. And then, you know, yeah. later you have to be like, oh, he, he, you know, he's actually related to him. Yeah. Uh, just, just walk me through that. Well, at, when I first saw the name, I thought, OK, man, that sounds like Mitt Romney. You know, <laughs> that sounds like, you know, I was like, is he related to Mitt Romney? And then. Uh, throughout the course of the, I, and my instinct was, uh, ah, they're not related. That's just coincidence. Yeah, and then yeah. during the game, I actually looked it up. I looked oh, it up during the game 
And uh, it was like, oh, he is a distant relative of Mitt Romney. And then that's when I made the correction. So at, at first, I didn't, I didn't think he was. And then I had to look it up just to make sure because how many Romneys are there in the world? I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, not, exactly. you know, if it's like a Williams or Johnson, cool. But or in my case, growing up in Miami, Rodriguez or Hernandez, then you know, okay, yeah, it could be they can be this they couldn't be related at all. But I'm like, how many Romneys are there? So at first I didn't think they were related, but then during the game, I had to look it up just to make sure. So that was an error on my part because I wasn't as thorough in my preparations as I should have been. Again, to be fair to you, I had no idea before the, the broadcast yeah. as, as well. And I think I think a 99% of revolution fans were uh, right there with you. And then now yeah. I'm gonna transition into your uh, rap debut, I guess, if you'd want to say. Oh, goodness. You don't have to go over your rapping, but just overall, (laughs) I guess, who is is Mike Jones, you know, still tipping? Is that your favorite song, favorite rapper? It's one of my my favorite. I love that song. I do love that song. I have it. I have it downloaded. Um, So, yeah, I do love that song, still tipping. And it's, it's what I, it's another thing that just, popped in my head when I saw Dewan Jones on the, the, the statute as a starter. I said, Oh, Dewan Jones, Mike Jones, but I, I couldn't get Dewan. Like I couldn't get that syllable to flow. Right. So I had to kind of twist it a little bit, but that's what just popped in my head. I saw Dewan Jones and I thought, and I had listened to still tipping in, in my car on the way. So that was uh. fresh in my head. And then I, I just couldn't remember the, quite the lyric right there and how to connect to Juan Jones. I should have said Juan Jones, Juan Jones. Can't clone me. Got a lot of haters and a lot of homies. I should have said that, Juan Jones, instead of Dewan. But it, it was a little sloppy there. That's why I, afterward I said my rapping sucks because it does. So uh, that, that's how it came up. But a lot of times it's just something that when I see the name, it triggers something in my head. You know, like Andrew Fer- Farrell is... I see I see the way it's spelled. It triggers Pharrell. You know, um, there was a guy on Independiente. His name was Aymar Modelo. I saw Modelo. I'm thinking Modelo Especial the beer because I see all the commercials of the beer. Oh, yeah. So it's sometimes it's just something that pops in my head when I see the name that triggers something. And then over the course of a two hour match where there wasn't that much uh, excitement or, or that much activity in terms of goal scoring chances, you have a low, you know, you, you gamble. I took a gamble. I'm telling you. Sam, I'm telling you right now, I am the the I take the most of any soccer broadcaster. I take the most risk because of uh, saying Juan Jones, you can't clone me. Got a lot of, you know, I'm the one that I, I take those risks. Andrew Farrell you know, or Pharrell, you know, Modelo Especial. I'll do that. I, I'm, I'm a very I'm a risk taker when it comes to soccer broadcasting and, and saying things in the course of this show, because I don't know how people are going to react. They might like it. They might say it sucks. But, you know, you put it out there and then let the world kind of decide. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think, you know, we'd all agree that your risks, you know, pay off. And also there's that sense that you get to know the broadcaster. A lot of these broadcasters, you know, we're definitely uh, kind of seeing it partly with, you know, MLS and MLS season pass. It can just kind of seem like, you know, not necessarily reading off a script, but, you know, they're just all, all the same. And when you have yeah. a broadcast like this, it, it just shows you, you know, into that person's life. And I will say as a rap fan myself, I've been lucky enough where we get to uh, know Dewan for a long time. I instantly, personally, go "Go DJ" by uh, Lil Wayne. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. DJ Dewan, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But if I if I, I, if I do another game I, with him, I'm going to use that. Reference was amazing. I, I personally, lo- I I think I give I give uh, kudos to you on that. And then 
finally, before uh, I do actually want to ask you about the revolution, but your call was amazing, so I'd be remiss not to, not to go into the details here. Um, but just the Departed. Have you seen the movie? Do you have a favorite oh. moment? Oh. Man, I've watched that movie like fifteen times. I love that movie. <laughs> What's your favorite scene? I, uh, my favorite scene in the movie is when, uh, well, Jack Nicholson. Well, not Jack Nicholson. Um, Frank. I forgot his last name. What was his character? But Jack Nicholson when he um when he gets shot by Jason Bourne at the end. I mean Matt Damon at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you know, because because just Jack Nicholson was such a bastard, you know, and his people uh essentially killed um they threw Martin Sheen off the roof. Yeah, Captain yeah. Queenan. Oh uh, no, was it Queen? Yeah, Queenan was the name of the character. They threw him off yeah. the roof. I was mad because I like Queenan. And then the way uh Matt Damon's character uh set up Jack Nicholson at the end and then shot him in the in the bulldozer. I mean, oh, he's yeah. dead in the bulldozer right there. I think that was my favorite part, but so many parts are good. At the end, the little rat running across the guardrail overlooking the gold. Oh. I don't know what's that, the gold tower uh, in Boston. I don't know the name of that that structure. But at the end, the rat running across after after Matt Damon got shot, that was a cool scene. But I think yeah. the, the part where Jack Nicholson gets it at the end, getting shot by the man that was his son. He, he thought of, of Matt Damon's character, uh, Lieutenant Sullivan, as his son. Mm-hmm. That, that was pretty cool. I didn't like that DiCaprio slept with um, Matt Damon's wife in that movie or a girlfriend because it yeah. was DiCaprio's baby. But, you know, that just made the movie, enhance the movie even better. But I think that <laughs> was my favorite part of the scene there, too. Oh, also when Jack Nicholson pulled out the hand in front of DiCaprio when he was eating lobster. Yeah. That was gangster. Oh, that was so yeah. gangster. That was some old school, you know, father Joe Kennedy type stuff right there. Oh, that, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely old school mobster stuff. Uh, yeah. But, George? Overall, what were your impressions of the revolution? New head coach, and just overall, just how, how do you think they'll fare in this tournament? Well, first, let me just say one more thing. The yes, people are uh, people talked about when I said Bobby Wood. Bobby Wood always up. Oh, to no that good. might be a, that okay. might be a tifo at Gillette Stadium. Well, you know what? I have to say that's not me. That is Dr. Dre and uh, Tupac uh, from California Love. California Love. Yep. Toward the end, he says Inglewood. Inglewood yep. always up to no good. And yep. so I just switched out Englewood, Bobby Wood, rest is history. So that's, that's, that's not, I don't take credit for that. I just switched it up to match Bobby Wood. So I had, I had to make clarification on that. But gotcha. um, uh, from what I've seen so far with Caleb Porter, I mean, Caleb Porter has a great track record. He's a two-time MLS Cup winner. I, I think it's a work in progress. From what I saw, the double pivot there with uh, Polster and Mark Anthony K looked good. Although I think, uh, it, is it Noel or Noel? Because, no, French no. and Spanish. Okay, because see, yeah, he, Joya Noel. A big controversy. He wore so basically the United States men's national teams kind of neglected him, and the English yeah. youth national teams like, oh, we'll take you. He, you know, he's played with Joe Bellingham and kind of gotten Ooh, involved in their setup. Okay. So he he wore like an English, uh, uh, you know, national team kit to a Revs game, kind of in the midst of all this controversy. Oh, and it, it, it's okay. yeah, it sparked. And like, I remember we were in the locker room and so we were, we asked him about it. He's like, yeah, like I'm British. I eat beans on toast. And it, it sparked <laughs> this whole thing. But yeah, so it is Noel. It's not a French, uh, anything strictly okay. Uh, English. Okay. No. Okay. See, I was calling him Noel because in French and Spanish, you have, yeah. you know, uh, Joyeux Noel is Merry Christmas in French yep. and Noel, Noel. So there it is. But the point is him and him and the, and Polster in that double pivot, uh, that's a, that looked like a good uh, mm. connection there. Good move. I, I like what Polster did in that game. Very quiet match, but controlled the middle there. Uh, th- the biggest problem that 
I see, and like I said, I've, I'm this is the only time I've seen the New England Revolution in the last few years. Uh, Carlos Hill is going to be a great playmaker. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's going to be. I know uh, on that right side, him and Esmir linked up a couple times. That was pretty good. That could be something that could be a problem for MLS defenses in this when the the season starts. Uh, but who's I don't know who's going to be the Vrioni is a I don't know if he's a good striker. I've never seen I haven't seen enough of him. But if he he doesn't really need to score goals. All he needs to do is put himself in position to occupy defenders so that Chancalai, Carlos Hill, Nacho, Esmir can get into the area, create chances. Because sometimes I remember 2018 World Cup uh, when France won. Mm-hmm. Olivier Giroud was the number nine. I don't think he scored a goal in that tournament. Yep. But yeah. they won it because he was enough of a presence to attract defenders. And then you have Griezmann and and Mbappe and Dembele who are just monsters who are just getting in there causing all kinds of problems. So I don't know if Vironi, Vironi, uh, Vironi is a player that needs to score a lot of goals. But if he can be effective enough in controlling defenses with, with Carles Hill distributing, you know, he's magic on the ball and then getting some good wide play, then I think the Wingland can get into the playoffs and – now, what do they do in the playoffs? That's a different story. But um, just from the very little I know of MLS, they look like a team. If they get things right with the kind of coach that they have, with the experience he has, I don't see why they can't get into the playoffs and be like a higher seed in the playoffs. Yeah, it's kind of an uh, interesting situation because Dylan Barrero is currently out injured. And you imagine having Shankalai and Barrero out on those wings together. You know, mm-hmm. that that can make a big difference, but you're going to have to wait you know, midway through the season, possibly even longer. So it seems like it's going to be Esmir. Also want to compliment you on your pronunciation of Esmir. We all call him Esmir because we're not good enough to <laughs> pronounce his last name. So you you nailed that. And then thank with Brioni, uh, it's this interesting situation. Last year under Bruce Arena, didn't really get consistent playing time. Caleb Porter kind of alluded to it in post-game comments. You know, sometimes you come off the bench, sometimes you get starts. And, you know, Porter also mentioned kind of improving with his back to the goal. You know, he's able to kind of make those run in behinds. But being a true number nine is something he kind of needs to work on. So, you know, just as you pointed out, he's going to be a crucial piece. And, you know, you have Carlos Hill, so he's able to make that magic happen. It's just kind of, you know, who else around him is going to be able to help out. Um, But, George, I thank you so much uh, for your time. I don't know. Um, you know, what you got in store for calls. But if if you want to plug anything, feel free to let us know where the people can find you. Uh, well, I mean, you can find me on Twitter at GDMetellus8. I'm also, I have an Instagram, which is just George D. Metellus, one my name all the way through. Uh, I think my next game, I, I don't think I'm scheduled to do the second leg. I think I'm doing, oh, let me check here. I think I have the second leg of Philadelphia and Deportivo Saprissa. Great, good, That's my next a, schedule match. Yeah, yeah, that first, I mean, what, Carranza with a hat trick already and a weird own goal as well, so looking oh, yeah. forward to that second leg. So we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, that, that's basically it. GD Metellus 8 at Twitter, GD Metellus on Instagram. Uh, do not send me any crazy nudes or anything like that. I will <laughs> I will, I will block them, <laughs> please. <laughs> and, only uh, praise, only, uh, you know, maybe some Bobby Wood memes, some Andrew Farrell memes. But yeah, besides that'll work. Classic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's for sure. But um, yeah, it, I, I'm, 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 I appreciate you guys, the New England Revolution fan, you, Sam, as well, for, for having me on and talking because I, when I did the game, I just did it and came off some of the stuff I said. It was just straight off the dome, you know, just no filter. 
And then the response I got was overwhelming and amazing and, and very humbling, made me feel good. So I appreciate all of you guys uh, for, for all the, the, the support and the great comments. Thanks again to Sam and the Blazing Musket for producing this episode. Thanks again for George for joining the show. Uh, and also thank you to our presenting sponsor, Bet Online. Remember to use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit uh, when you sign up for Bet Online today. Thank you everyone for listening and go Revs.